and welcome to the Fromer Travel Show. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Pauline Fromer. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, thanks for listening here on Call In. And as I said in the uh, previews to this show, we are going to be doing a roundtable today. So joining me are the Fromers.com core editors. We have Editor-in-Chief Jason Cochran. Hey, Jason. Hello. Signing in. Signing in. (laughs) And we have Zach Thompson, who is our managing editor. Hey, Zach. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So it's been quite the year, uh, or 2021 was quite the year. I thought that in order to talk about what we think could possibly happen in 2022, it might be good to lay the stage by talking about some of the top stories of 2021. Uh, And I should say that Zach wrote a brilliant article on this for Fromers.com. So you can get really detailed information there on all of these stories. But to me, the year started in a travel way when Biden got into office and on his very first day in office, he did what people in the transportation industry had been begging the Trump administration to do, which was make a federal mask mandate for not only airlines, but also ferries and buses that went between states and rail. And, and in this way, that, that everybody was hoping there would be no confusion, that this would be the law of the land. Then in July, he did another really terrific thing. He, he put forward this executive order, which will eventually change the way we fly, because there were four very important things in that executive order. So uh, he put in a new rule that, that said that if your luggage gets lost, you don't have to chase down the airlines they will simply refund your fee because they know your luggage is lost. Why would you have to chase them when they do something wrong and it's something that they charge you with? So that changed. They are redefining what unfair and deceptive practices are, which was very important because the Trump administration had kind of loosened what those terms meant, meaning it was harder for consumers to sue the airlines for deceptive practices and unfair practices. Uh, They decided that all of the ancillary fees should be viewable on the first click. That's important because it will allow flyers to see, okay, so this ticket is this much, but I'm going to have to pay a $25 uh, baggage fee to check my bags, so I might as well go with this other airline because it's only $10 more, but I won't have the $25 fee. Uh, The final thing they did is they're going to make it more competitive for the airlines within airports. That's a very confusing thing to say, but what it basically means is they're going to make the processes by which an airline gets a new gate at an airport less cloudy, more clear. Why is that important? Well, uh, right now, there's not as much competition as there needs to be. There are very few major airlines in the United States that keeps prices higher. 
And in certain airports, there's no competition. If you want to go somewhere at a Delta hub, you're probably going to have to go with Delta. And a couple of years back, JetBlue tried to go into a major Delta hub, but the airport, which got a lot of money from Delta, uh, the officials there for their campaigns and the like, put JetBlue at two gates on the opposite ends of the airport from one another, which made their costs of operations so high that JetBlue had to leave that airport. So the Biden administration is saying, whoa, that doesn't make sense. We're going to we're going to fix this. And and that that's uh, that was done in July. Now, why haven't we seen these changes? It takes a while for the Department of Transportation to take this executive order and turn it into rules. But they're working on it. And I think in 2022, we're going to start seeing some major, major improvements. So that's kind of my first example of something that happened in 2021 that's going to have a payoff in 2022. Jason, can you talk about some of the bad things that happened in uh, 2021 with flying? Well, you know, listening to you talk and a lot of your examples all kind of go back, many of them, to one thing, which is the airlines are struggling. Their systems are not able to cope. Uh, mm. First, in yeah. 2020, it was about refunds and cancellations. And now, <clears throat> excuse me, it's about staffing is, is, simply, is I think the biggest problem that they're facing. Um, and so the airlines are just are, are, are gotten really unpredictable. I think mm. it's now common knowledge that when you buy yourself an airplane ticket somewhere, that you're standing a really good chance of getting an email a couple days or weeks before you're supposed to go that says, oh, we've changed everything you thought you bought. Now you're going to have to go this way on this other flight. And there's going to be eight hours at the airport now. Wait, everything changes. I think now people have grown to accept how difficult it can be now to fly, uh, especially a long distance in the U.S. right now because of the airlines just not being able to keep up with um, all of the demands and shortages and refund requests that have been placed upon them. So do you think that will keep happening in 2022? That is going, it, not only is it going to keep happening in 2022, it's happening right now. Uh, so yeah, I think that's an ongoing issue. Um, you know, Southwest Airlines told USA Today that, you know, right now, as of today, as we speak, that their hope is just to stabilize their operation right now after the holidays. Uh, as only wow. of it is, of course, Omicron is uh, wreaking, wreaking havoc on how much staff is available. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest stories is, you know, the, as the airlines become more and more unpredictable, how do travelers navigate that? Uh, it used to be that we were mostly concerned, are we going to need a vaccination to go to a certain country, which, of course, is another big issue we'll talk about. But I think also now people are just figuring out how am I going to minimize the frustration of flying right now, given how... Right. You know, everything is changing so much. And it hasn't, one of the ways that the airlines have decided to respond, unfortunately, is by giving their passengers fewer rights. Right. One of our most popular stories of 2021 on com was about Americans' changes, which is sort of snuck in without announcing. And when you say um, Americans, you mean American Airlines. American Airlines. Yeah. Right. It just sort of slipped them in, hoping no one would notice. But it basically, if you haven't heard, it boils down to three very important problems. One, um, and, and by the way, if you buy an American Airlines ticket, you're subject to this because you click the little box that say, I agree to the terms and conditions, the contract of carriage. This is, this is what the rules are now with all their flights. One, right. it's no longer liable if 
if American or one of its partners that you've booked has decides to cancel your flight or even the entire route. So no longer liable. What that means is they don't have to help you necessarily. They just have to give you a refund if that happens. There used to be they would book you on another flight and fast. Right. Um, now, if American Airlines' flights are delayed by more than four hours, the only thing the company really has to do is give you your money back. So the other two things that, that American has done is, is that if a delay or a cancellation on American causes you to miss your flight, it won't rebook you on the next available flight, which would have been normally on any airline. You could just say, okay, book me on Delta then. That's going to half an hour, and they would have done it. But now they're only going to look for flights on American or one of its partners. It sounds like a minor detail. Right. But imagine you're going someplace that has a flight that goes maybe once every 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, but from, you know, you'll have to wait another 24 hours to catch the next American flight rather than being booked on an alternative. That's pretty big when it comes and to I think, burden. Yeah, I think it's important to say that getting a refund of the day of travel is BS because mm-hmm. Any, if you have to book with another carrier, you're going to pay thousands of dollars yep. more than you normally would have because you're booking on the day of travel. So the right. fact that they're stranding people in this way, it really is literally stranding them. Do you think any of the other airlines are going to follow suit? I think it's very possible. The more trouble that they have. But American is always, well, it's not always, but in the last few years, it has been on the leading edge of being a mess. So, like, American is, you know, they're the ones who took out all their screens and make people watch movies on their own phones because they're so cash-strapped and don't want to fly the extra weight of the screens. And, you know, so they're already, I think, a little bit self-selected. American's already pushing itself towards being a no-frills airline more than a legacy carrier with perks. So I think American, if, if it's possible and others will follow, you know, but... American was the most likely to do this if one was going to. Um, yeah. the, the, the third thing, that the final thing, that is if, if you are stranded overnight by American Airlines, and it's the airline's fault, so like it's mechanical or staffing but not weather, then the company will only pay for your hotel if you obtain written authorization from the airline first. What does that mean? That means it's 2 in the morning, you need to get a hotel, you're in the airport, you can't just go get your own airport and they'll reimburse you. You have to wait in the line. Hmm. To get a written authorization form. Otherwise, you are going to have to pay for your own hotel. All oh, this wow. up to a great deal of stress and inconvenience and expense, as you point out, yeah. uh, for the, air, the airline consumer in 2022. Yeah. I, I, I'm really hoping, I don't know. I mean, the Biden administration, with their executive order in July, they did a lot of good things. I wonder if they would consider this a deceptive or unfair practice. I yeah, at the moment, it's legal. I mean, I don't want to imply that this is not legal because everyone yeah, agrees legal. to it when they buy their ticket. You're, you can read the fine print. And there it is. You just don't think it's going to be a problem until suddenly you run afoul of the problem. And the way American is canceling its flights, the way they're all canceling their flights and rescheduling people, it's frequently a problem for people. Right. Now, another of the big stories this year were vaccine mandates. There are countries that won't let you in without a vaccine. And interestingly, I just was reading this, United United Arab Emirates and France are going to start requiring boosters, the proof of boosters. So not just the initial back vaccine, but uh, they want to make sure that you have a current uh, amount of antibodies in your body. What did we see in 2021, Jason? And what well, did a we? Bit to that, by the way, boosters yeah. are going to be the new vaccine because even uh, it, it's going further than that. Maui, the island of Maui in Hawaii, is now saying, as of I think it's Saturday, 
you have to have a booster to eat indoors or drink indoors at a bar. So the boosters are going to be more and more important for you to have uh, as we go along. I think this is just the leading edge of that right now. So go ahead, what were you saying? Well, no. So so I wanted to, to well, let's let's bring in Zach at this point, and hopefully the sound will be okay. Uh, Zach, not only do you have to get vaccines, you have to prove that you have them, especially for Europe. Um, how did people do that in twenty? 20- uh, 21. What do you think will happen 2022? Put Gaze into your crystal ball for us. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a mess uh, in Europe. The, the, uh, about in the summer is when they started letting Americans back in. And it was, um, they introduced this thing, uh, what they were calling the EU's digital COVID certificate. And it was very confusing, especially for um, for Americans, because uh, there was talk at first that they would it, they made it sound like it was going to be one giant, uh, one pass that would go for everywhere in Europe. And you would just download it from the EU's website and you'd be off on your merry way. But um, what happened was it's, it's, it's basically, it's something that you, uh, you verify, you upload your results of, of your tests if there's a test required and, and that your, your proof of your vaccination. And then you're allowed, uh, you can use it, you're, you're issued a QR code that you can use to visit to get across right. borders and airports and get into, in some places like Italy and France, you have to have it to get into um, museums and restaurants. So, um, but what the problem is you have to go to each, you can't just get it from the EU. You have to get it from each individual country. That's who issues it. Yeah. So and there's early on, early on, it looked like certain countries were not going to accept our flimsy paper CDC cards. Well, but what's interesting is a lot of countries now, France, for example, they let you into the country with your CDC card, but then you can't go anywhere without the what they call the pass sanitaire. So you can get into the country, but you can't go into any museums or restaurants <laughs> or anything like that. So you're going to have to get the pass anyway. And yeah. Then, uh, as Jason mentioned, starting January 15th, I think it is you're going to have to be boosted to get that pass. Wow. In France. France. And a lot of other countries. Uh, I always think a great resource to find out uh, where to, what you're going to need to do is the U.S. State Department's um, travel.state.gov website. They have a whole list of COVID-19 country-specific information, and you can um, search the country you're interested in going. And there's a lot of info, but you can, uh, you should read all of that before you go anywhere. Yeah, I think what we're... Go ahead, Jason. Sorry. I would say the airlines, uh, when you're flying long distance, have been pretty helpful. They are are good at telling you where you need to get the form for the destination you fly to. So it sounds really scary when we talk about what a mess it is. But when you buy your airplane ticket, it becomes clearer, usually. Also, two years in... Like, two years in, also, it's it's, they've become better at um, navigating these issues. Two years into the pandemic. Yeah. 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 Although with Omicron, I mean, we just had an article about this up. Well, that gets into testing. I'll get into that in a moment. The other thing we're seeing is around the U.S. Uh, You were talking about in France, you need to have this QR code for indoor dining and for museums. You need to do so for more and more American cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're traveling within the United States, make sure you have a photo of your vaccine card or you have it with you. Uh, And interestingly, even in states where you wouldn't think this is the case, sometimes you'll you'll come upon facilities that are requiring a proof of vaccine. For example, Live Nation is the largest live entertainment 
company in in the world. Uh, there, they own hundreds of theaters. They put together tours. They're mostly in the music industry, and they have a rule at all of their venues that you have to have you have to be vaccinated to be allowed in. And that's the case in Florida. I don't know if the governor knows, <laughs> but they are uh, they are apparently enforcing that rule. Weirdly, you go to, say, Las Vegas and you can be in a casino. One area of the casino, it's kind of a free for all. They're not going to check anything. But when you go into the showroom because of who runs that showroom, you have to prove you're vaccinated. Uh, so it's 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 gotten very complicated. Yeah, another thing that's kind of... Sorry, go ahead, Jason. Go ahead, Zach. You're up. I was going to say something that's kind of related to that that I wonder if if it's going to change. There's a movement now around the right type of mask. Like, I wonder if we're going to... They're going to no, They're going to stop allowing cloth masks because supposedly with the Omicron variant, the uh, KN95 is better. Mm. I think that's something that may change in the future, too, at certain venues. Very interesting. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Is looking further into the future in 2022. One of the possible roads that we could go down is that Omicron is just so uncontrollable. It's everywhere. For example, today the CDC announced that every single cruise ship that has a passenger on it is also being looked at for possible COVID cases right now. Wow. It's just everywhere. There's no containing it. I, I think that there may come a point where that some of these measures are just going to be given up depending on you know how far in the future we go with this because yeah, it's just, you know there's no point you get, if you're wearing a mask or you're vaccinated but every omicron is everywhere anyway there could be some policy policymakers who decide why are we doing all of this if it's everywhere so although that's not happening yet and that could come with its own you know health, public health issues especially at hospitals and overcrowded yeah. infrastructure it's something that could happen two or three months down the road after this crests, right? And that, and then far more many people have natural immunity for a few months. It's going to be interesting to see how the world responds and whether there's a gear shift with like, okay, now everyone's pretty much got it now. Now what do we do? But we're not at that point right now. We're overwhelmed. Now we're overwhelmed. And I mean, knock wood, and we're not scientists, but it does look like Omicron is less deadly. Uh, than previous strains of the virus. For, for vaccinated and boosted people, for sure, yeah. the, the symptoms are milder. Yeah. And so for unvaccinated, it's probably as bad as it was with Delta. Is it really? I, that's I don't my know. Guess. Again, yeah. I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> right. But anyway, you know, I think it's, we are probably going to see something of a policy shift as we go forward because we, they, we were unable to keep the water in the dike essentially, and so it might change the way that we have to validate ourselves as we go around in the future. Or it could be that this is the new normal. I was reading, I can't, re- I can't remember what uh, what source it was, but they said, you know, before COVID, having a border slammed shut just didn't happen. You know, there was just too much counting on the free trade, the free flow of trade and tourism for any country to just slam shut the door. And they are worried, as people in the travel industry, that this will become a common thing, that, that doors will be shut. And so it's going to make it yeah, more and, and difficult. Could potentially use it as a political cudgel, but claim it's because of COVID. That's a valid uh, concern. Well, and also it's a good way for leaders to claim they're being responsible. 
you know, yeah. uh, for them to shut shut the door. I think it it will mean uh, that travel insurance is is going to become something that everybody gets uh, happily. Like COVID. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. Uh, happily, I mean, travel insurance finally kind of caught up with the virus. When the pandemic first hit, almost every policy said, we'll cover everything except for pandemics. So they were useless. Uh, and in the course of the pandemic now, most policies will cover pandemics. That being said... But most said, policies will not cover if you fail to get a test because you can't find one. If right. you had to get, you know, cancel travel because you couldn't get that test you need. Right now, they're not canceling that. So they're up with the medicine, but still behind the public policy. Right. And they're also, they also are covering less in some cases. It used to be, there's something called CFAR insurance. It stands for cancel for any reason. And it's very useful in pandemics because under a normal policy, you cannot cancel because of fear of travel. So say COVID is spiking in Miami and you're supposed to go to Miami, doesn't matter. Your insurance won't let you cancel that trip just because of the fear, because it's spiking. Uh, however, if you have cancel for any reason insurance, you can, but that's a much more expensive type of policy. It used to cover about 75% of your costs. Now, in the course of the pandemic, it's become so popular that many policies are only covering 50% of your costs. So not only is it more expensive, it's now covering less. So this is another reason you just have to read all of the fine print and compare. I, I really like the travel insurance marketplaces. These are websites like travelinsurance.com and squaremouth.com and insuremytrip.com where you put in all of the details of your trip, you put in your age, and they give you a handy dandy list within seconds of all of your options. And inevitably, the most expensive policy covers the least things. I don't know why that is, but usually it's one of the policies in the middle of the list that's always best. Any other predictions for the future? And then, uh, Zach, I want you to talk about one of our most popular stories this year, which has nothing to do with COVID, thankfully, or I have a feeling I know what you're, I have a feeling I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, any other things you think are going to change in 2022? Either I have something that I think, I have something that I think is going to continue. Um, a trend mm. we've been seeing the whole time uh, since the pandemic started was outdoor vacations. And we've, we've been thinking of that as like, um, camping and national parks and hiking. But I think an, a corollary is um, beach vacations. And, and the beaches have been our most trendy destinations right now. And I think that'll continue for the first half of the year. Places like the Caribbean and Hawaii, huh. uh, rather than cities, at least at the beginning of the year, uh, the first half, probably. I think that's going to yeah. continue for sure. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, everybody seems to be want to, wants to be outdoors. And that, in a way, that's a lovely thing, uh, mm -hmm. that people really kind of rediscovered nature in the course of this awful thing. All right, let's talk about the article you wrote, Zach, uh, about etiquette rules for nude beaches. Speaking of yeah. beaches. <laughs> <My> <laughs> <finest> <laughs> <hour>. Your <laughs> finest hour. But it that that article has been so, so popular. Do you think it's people have a 
prurient interest in this? Or do you think there are that many nudists out there? Yeah, I guess they Google nude beach, right? That's right. What is funny to me is there, there's that scene in um, that movie Euro Trip where a character carry, uh, is led astray uh, by following a Fromer's beach. He goes to the wrong nude beach. And I'm glad that we were, are now able to offer accurate advice 20 years <laughs> after that movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for people who don't know Eurotrip, one of the characters is my father, Arthur Fromer. He actually was asked to play the character, but he read the script and thought, well, this is just pornography. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then it's, he, it's more like American Pie. But just right. People know yeah, it's like American pornography. Pie. <laughs> but he liked it. He actually loved the, the final movie, although they made him British. They played, they oh, had yes. a British character. It's very strange. But anyway. Uh, so, so what are the etiquette rules for nude beaches, Zach? Well, yeah, I, I came up with seven rules for first timers, and it's it basically divides into like practical advice and then like don't be creepy advice. And uh, <laughs> the practical advice is like, I mean, you're gonna have to go to the story to read it. It's at fromers.com, uh, but it's because uh, I'm not gonna go into all this. But it's like the importance of familiarizing yourself with the local laws governing the beach. Um, so you want to make sure you're you're naked in areas that you're allowed to be naked because it's usually not the whole beach. It's just sexual. Uh-huh. Um, and, and stuff about like the importance of bringing a towel to sit on when you're not on the sand because that's gross. Um, like when you go to the <laughs> snack stand um, and remembering to, uh, you know, apply plenty of sunscreen to places you're not used to applying sunscreen because they're very sensitive in the sun. Can you use any sunscreen? Did you research that? Because I would think, a, I would think certain parts of your skin are more. They have sensitive skin <laughs> formulas. <laughs> they, okay, I've never seen yeah. a lot of day. Yeah. Oh. And but then, I think the most um, important rule is not to stare. Right. That is number one. That is yeah. like textbook nude beach etiquette. Don't stare. Don't take pictures. Um, mm. Even if you're taking it of the scenery, it's you. You may get another person in it. You know, if you have their permission, you can take pictures of people, but. Don't even take your camera out because it's creepy. And then, you know, don't um, don't try hanky panky. The nudist community, they feel like uh, they're they're not there to get it on They're <laughs> They're just uh, they're there to enjoy the uh, the the beach in the in the buff. So none, none of that. Uh, no hitting on people or trying to do anything with yourself. Nothing like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Who knew that naturism was so professional? Whatever you do at the beach yeah. with, the, with pants on, do it at uh, the same stuff. Ah, interesting. Those are the basics. Those are the basics. And we have, we have an article with no photos, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Just an article. And also uh, we run down some of the places in the world where you can go, like uh, the French Riviera, which is usually, oh, that's another thing. The French Riviera is usually just topless, not full nudity. And then the uh, places where you can, full, and even the, the few in the U.S. where, like, I think Gunnison Beach, it's called, in uh, Miami. Is that the name of that? Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's a few in the U.S., but we're not big on nudity here in the U.S. On our yeah. Well, you know, we ended on a, a happier note. I feel like our, our predictions were pretty grim, but I have to add one thing. Both of my daughters over the summer, when it looked like COVID was receding, one went to Spain and one went to Italy, and they had rapturously wonderful experiences uh, because they were able to go to Florence and not have to worry about uh, not getting into the Uffizi, you know, or dealing with crowds because only the Italians were in Italy when my daughter Veronica was there. And, and she had this really unusual 
an unusually wonderful experience. People were so thrilled to see an American uh, and thrilled to see a tourist. And so that's my hope for 2022. It, it could be in the best of all possible world, maybe as we've, I think, seen with Omicron, but who knows, uh, that it's uh, these viruses are getting less virulent and or so less deadly anyway. Less deadly, and so maybe it's these the, the the coronavirus becomes endemic, and it's like the flu, where sadly it kills some people each year, but not in in such numbers that it destabilizes the medical system. Yeah, uh, I was talking to a friend who's a medic in Seattle and dealing with all this, and I just said I'm just thankful that Omicron. Well, it, it appears to be less uh, lethal as, as Delta because it's so much more virulent. We, we lucked out. Imagine if COVID had gotten more virulent and more lethal. Yeah. Um, we, we must count our blessings. We are still in a pickle, but heading in the right direction. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we should be here again next week. I may be switching up the time. It's hard for me to get guests uh, from Europe, uh, you know, at 6 p.m. in the evening. But uh, I will definitely announce it on call-in. And to those who are traveling, may I wish you all a hearty bon voyage. Watching K.